more. Hey, it's Ryan Stevenson, and you're listening to Weathering the Storm. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. Today's podcast features a Christian rock legend. John Schlitt was the lead singer of Petra for two decades, starting in 1986. But before winning Grammy Awards, John was isolated from God, dabbling in drugs, and on the verge of committing suicide. This conversation is so rich, and this is a conversion story you have got to hear to believe. Here we are back again. It's your fearless host, Ryan. Um, today, I'm, I'm so excited about today. It's pretty profound. And forgive me if I just get all shaky and nervous today, because today is a big one for me. Um, and I might well up into a... Into a puddly ball of tears today and get all emo on everybody but today i'm joined by the legendary john schlitt of petra and for those of you who don't know um petra was is to me and was a really really big deal um world-renowned huge pioneering christian rock band of the 70s 80s 90s i mean three decades span of incredible accolades. Um, John was obviously the lead singer of Petra. Um, and the, the cool thing is, is, you know, Petra was my first concert. There was one little concert before it, but I, my first real actual concert was seeing Petra at the Ross Raglan Theater in Klamath Falls, Oregon when I was a oh, kid. Praise God. And <laughs> excellent. It was, it was just, um, did Amazing. You good, did you have a good time? I really did. And you guys played two shows back to back that night. Uh, I so, think, was that uh, This Means War? Man, I don't know. It sounds it sounds like the This Means War tour because we did a lot I mean, of I that. literally remember what you were wearing. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have sold over 10 million records, 13 Grammy nominations, 10 Dove Awards. You were the first rock band inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame. You're the first Christian band whose memorabilia was included in the Hard Rock Cafe restaurant chains. I mean, mm -hmm. come on, man. It's amazing. I remember my my youth leader gave me a Petra praise tape. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you guys did a rendition of a song called Take Me In. Oh, yeah. And I, I used to stand, John, I used to stand in front of the mirror and sing that back and forth to myself, oh. these worship songs of Petra praise when I was literally in sixth and seventh grade pretending that i was you <laughs> and so all that to say brother you have inspired me you have inspired millions of people all around the world praise god and i'm so thankful for you i'm so thankful for your music and everything that you have done and contributed just to the kingdom and i never thought I would ever be sitting in a room across from you having uh, a conversation. So, well, we're both in the same um, ministry uh, calling. Isn't that cool? Yes, sir. You're the generation of the day. I, I did it back then, and, and I do my own thing now. But uh, God's got a plan. He's got a plan for each one of them, and it's amazing. Mm. If we follow that plan, oh, my gosh, what a beautiful way to live. Wow. I was reading up a little bit, John, about you last night, and 
something, you know, this podcast is called Weathering the Storm. It's about our testimonies. It's mm-hmm. about things that we've actually been through in life. Yes. What makes us all people. And you know what? We're not always promised um, some amazing, beautiful, uh, carefree ride. But we might go, we might rub up against things that are difficult and mm-hmm. stretching and mm-hmm. hopeless and, and all those things. And I was reading a kind of a little bit about your testimony last night. And I was hoping you would share some of that today, but I, I read some things that threw around terms like depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just curious, you know, on the surface, maybe it looks like John Schlitt, lead singer of Petra, um, you know, rock star, <laughs> minister, all these amazing accolades. I'm just curious as to what has gone on in your personal life or where kind of, maybe you can just kind of take us through a little bit of a journey of where you came from, how you got into what you, how you got into Petra, how you got into music, your, your young adult life Mm -hmm. influences, all that stuff. Just take us for a ride. All right. Uh, Tell you what, uh, this could last on for days, but I know we don't have that. So I'm going to try to make it a a short, but hopefully, uh, uh, um, uh, complete because a testimony is an amazing uh, thank you note to God. Mm. Um, I started in music when I was 13. And um, I, was, I, I knew God. I knew God. I prayed to God every night. I didn't know Jesus. Jesus was just another name in, the, in a Bible that I hadn't read. Um, so I um, was in music in in rock and roll. Uh, incidentally, I'm a rock and roller. There's no doubts about it. I think rock and roll is a very exciting music form, and that's the kind of music I like to sing. It was God put it on my heart to do so. So when um, I started a band when I was uh, 13, uh, went all through high school with it, did pretty well actually. I closed it. I, I left the band to go to college. Uh, my freshman year, I concentrated on college. Uh, Scared to death that I was going to flunk out and didn't. Actually, it did pretty good. Met a band my um, that summer and joined it called a band called Head East. Um, tried to make it in Head East for that my sophomore year. Almost flunked out of school. Uh, quit twice. Uh, <laughs> uh, finally, the second time, I said, "Guys, I got to quit because I, I promised my parents I would graduate uh, with a degree." And they, and they said, "Okay." And so I went through the rest of college. Well, kept a tr- kept in track with the band. The day I took my last final exam, I uh, uh, joined the band again. And my parents were cool with that. They said, "As long as you have a degree, I don't care what you do." And so I did. I joined the band. And and to make a long story short, we put out our own record. Uh, it hit all over the Midwest, went number one all over the Midwest, which allowed us to have our, we had record companies coming to us, hmm. which was a musician's dream. It really was a musician's dream. And for the next five years from, uh, well, actually four years, 80, 86 through 80, uh, the beginning of 80, I was on a whirlwind. I was touring with all the major shows at the time all over the country, almost seven days a week. I mean, it was, and please understand, I am married and have two kids at the time. Oh, wow. And, um, but I'm being a rock star. I'm doing all the garbage that, that you hear 
uh, the secular system uh, do, and I was right in the middle of all of it. I think deep down I hated myself. I think the I was totally um, a fair target for the enemy because I didn't know Jesus. And I, I ended up doing coke and an alcoholic. I was, I was doing the typical behind-the-scenes secular scenes that you hear of, uh, of that kind of system. Now, not did I say everybody? No, does everybody do it? No, but I was. Mm-hmm. I was. I was a partier. I was disgusting, and um, so to a point where I got fired from the band uh, in um, March of 1980 because I was too much. This is these guys are all doing it, but apparently I was doing it more than everybody else. <laughs> wow! So, so they fired me. Um, I went on a six-month binge of basically either coked up or drunk. Pretty much 24 hours a day. Um, and you can't do that and live. Oh, you can if you've been doing it for the last three or four years. Mm. Um, with the excuse I was starting a new band. And as I said, long story short, August of, 2000, of, of um, eight, uh, 1980, August 27th, no, 28th, uh, my anniversary day, I had a binge uh, alcohol uh, i drank a gallon of wine and uh, thought i was going to get some coke uh, so i could sober up and we were having an anniversary party and i couldn't find the coke and i passed out on the couch and the next morning i woke up and my one-year-old son was looking at me i've passed out on the couch it was first time my wife said fine just let him lay there and um woke up and my one-year-old son's looking at me like why are you here dad you know and you got a little baby and and you wake up and his face is like uh, you know four inches away from you like this curious look and all of a sudden little voice goes you know you're worth more dead than alive and it's just like yeah that makes a lot of sense Hmm. your wife is is good looking if you're away, if you're gone, she'll marry a doctor, or a lawyer this time. Your kids will remember you in a positive way. All these are thoughts, you know, that are just clear as day. So I'm sitting on my chair. This was in the living room. So I went to my chair and I sat down and I was looking at my five-year-old daughter and my one-year-old son. And they were playing because I was in the living room. So they're playing there because, you know, I'm not around that much. And so I'm sitting here trying to figure out what would be the best way to end my life? And I said, you know, I'm not going to use a gun because it's it, it messed. If the kids saw it, it'd be a mess. So I'm calculating what kind of pills I can find in this location that would be as quick and painless as possible. And my wife taps me on the shoulder. Now, the same six months I'm on a binge, my wife got saved. And she would bug me. I It would bug me. I would, I would be out rehearsing with this band, getting plowed, come home depressed feeling like garbage and she just came from a bible study and she's just happy as a lark and i said what world are you living in she says i'm glad you asked and she'd try to tell me about jesus and i'd say get out of my face i don't want to hear about this jesus uh um when it's when i'm too old to have fun maybe i'll be a christian then you Mm -hmm. know you know the typical stereotype of being a christian is absolutely depressing it's terrible it's the last thing for any young person to want to do which is absolutely a lie but i fell for it so she taps me on the show says john remember you promised you'd come and talk to my pastor tonight i said when she says last night when you were drunk (laughs) so 
as I'm sitting here, I'm saying, okay, I'll go talk to your pastor. Um, with the attitude of nothing's going to change. I wanted to remember that I tried. Mm-hmm. But I went in and talked to that pastor. I went in with an attitude and walked out with the Holy Spirit. That pastor hit me right between the eyes with truth. And before I knew it, the Holy Spirit was just, oh my gosh. I, I just. Do you remember that conversation or any well, of it? Yeah, I do. I, it's, I walked I'd be in, curious to know like, the, what he said to you. I walked in, I said, um, I said do you know, G- uh, hi, John, how you doing? I said, I'm doing cool. He says, um, um, you know Jesus? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm American. I go to church, you know, twice a year. Um, he says, no, you don't know Jesus. You don't know that Jesus loves you. You don't know that Jesus has a plan for your life. You don't know that Jesus knows exactly what you're thinking right now. And I'm sitting on a couch. Now, for a long time, I said that before I knew it, I was sitting in a corner and couldn't speak. My wife just lately told me that's not how it went. So I want everyone to know that I wasn't lying before. It's just how I envisioned it. But my wife had just recently told me that I was sitting on a couch next to her. And the pastor did. And I, I just looked up and I couldn't talk. And she says, you want to know Jesus? And all I could do was shake my head yes. And finally, I, I, I said the sinner's prayer. Mm. And man, I, I tell you what. I didn't realize the weight that had been sitting on my shoulder. And when I said the sinner's prayer, it was like a gigantic weight just lifted off of me. And I could I could feel that it was the beginning of a new life. Hmm. Please understand. Now, during this six month, I'm going into debt more. I've spent anything that I'd ever saved because I'm still doing coke. I'm, I'm still buying. I'm still trying. And, and, you know, we don't have a living here. I had my new band living with us. You know, so I'm I'm taking care of six people mm. plus, and they're living with it. My poor wife, God bless her, she put up with more garbage. Oh, uh, but <clears throat> so I'm having these debts that are coming due. I'm, uh, but it was like I walked out and and I'm looking at my daughter who's I, I've got she's I'm holding her hand and I look down at her and it was like the first thing God ever said to me was John, you know those riches. You were looking for because my excuse hmm. for giving up everything uh, in the in the secular band Hedis was that <clears throat> sooner or later we're going to have a hit song and I'm going to be rich and I can make up for all the sacrifice I made before uh, you know my health my family my my dignity uh, would all be taken care of by being rich and I could all pay it back in other words I was always looking for those riches that were never going to be enough. Hmm. So it was like God says, you know those riches you were looking for? Here they are. I've been taking care of them. Now you start doing it also. Mm. And um, it freaked me out. And I just, I said, thank you, Lord. And as time went on, I, I saw that as not only my flesh and blood kids, but the family of God, the kids. That's why when Petra allowed me to be part of their band, um, I always, I always felt that that uh, Petra's music was for the for the young generation, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we may not have been the favorite of the church of the elders, but uh, but the language of the young we tried to to use and bring across the message changed lives, and I always felt that that was part of the message that God gave me that one that moment, 
And for five next five years, I'm I'm getting in the word. I thought my career was uh, when when I became a career, I still had that band. It's called the Johnny Band, and I went out and played at some of these bars and stuff as a Christian, baby Christian. And that there was more temptation and more falling as a baby Christian in that in that oh three or four month period than than two or three years in Head East. I mean, it was bad news. Hmm. And I'd come home and feel like total, you know, like a total failure. I'd go to my little church and they'd go, John, we're praying for you, buddy. We're praying. You're going through the battle. The enemy doesn't want to let go. And finally, we had a big meeting with all my manager, my booking agent, my, uh, my, all my, my parents, my in-laws, uh, my uncles, aunts, and I was going to make an announcement. I quit. I'm going to have to quit. And we went through this big discussion and my mom's going, you can't quit my uncles. Oh, you can't quit. You're a rocker. You'll never be able to do anything else. And finally, my wife is seeing that I'm starting to sway and okay, maybe I should give a little longer. And she bends over and says, here's how it is. It's music or me. And I looked at her and I go, (laughs) I go, okay, that's it. All right. Okay, honey. We're done. Um, It's over guys. I I quit. (laughs) And you know, but, but God used that, that amazing lady Mm. and still does. Uh, and that's, and so I, I, uh, left music, became a a civil engineer, which I graduated and, uh, got into the word heavy duty for five years. And, uh, then Bob Hartman called me. And by this time I'm a big Petra fan. Um, someone handed me a picture record says, this sounds just like your old band, but Christian, I said, yeah, right. And I listened to it. Oh my gosh, this is what rock and roll should be. And so that was, uh, when Bob called me and he says, would you consider singing for Petra? I said, yeah, let's do it. And he goes, don't you think you should pray about it? And I go, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I knew, I knew. And then the next 19 years were actually almost 20. It was like one month short of 20 years. And that 20 years went fast mm. but we, i got to watch god work in amazing ways and and still does he still does uh you give your your talents mm. to god and he's going to use it uh maybe not in stadiums but uh, he's going to use it in whatever opportunity uh, that, that mm. he gives you that's beautiful man one thing i like to ask every guest it's kind of as we're wrapping up is if you look over your life and you look back at your journey what do you, is there anything or what do you feel is kind of a, a main or the, the thing, if you could put your finger on one mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. that you say, undoubtedly, this is, this is the Lord's hand. This is what he has taught me through my journey. Is there anything that just sticks out on the forefront of your mind? you saying, yes, Lord has taught me this through my storms, through my mess ups, through my failures, through my heartaches, through all of it. This is what the Lord has shown me about his character and nature. He's in control. He's in control. And if you allow him to guide you, you're going to be a success. may not be the way you thought it was going to be. but And when I say success, I mean it's going to be the life that he designed for you. Mm. You, can't, you can't do better than that. We've got the God of the universe who created you, knew exactly what, your pluses and minuses because he designed you that way. But they're pluses and minuses for that perfect plan for your life that he has for you. Now, the way to find that perfect life is to listen to the Holy Spirit, to be guided by God. But what's weird is God is, is, a, is a free will God. He doesn't force you to do anything. Mm. He says, 
I have a plan for you. Will you follow it? Will you listen to my Holy Spirit, to the Holy Spirit? If you do, you're going to be a happy camper. If you don't, you may be a happy camper for a while, but I'm telling you, it's going to cost you for eternity. Mm. There, there's going to be a time in your life. I, I'm t- I don't care how rich you are, how successful you are. There's going to be a time in your life where you're going to go, what was I thinking? Is this all there is? Because there's an empty spot in your heart that is only there, can only be filled by Christ. And we do it. We try to fill it with drugs, booze, sex, anything the enemy tries to fill it in for as a, as a counterfeit. He's going to do it. Mm-hmm. But again, as Christians, uh, I want to encourage you and tell you that the, the family of God is not disappearing. It's mm. growing. It's growing. Amen. And the enemy is constant. I mean, through media, the enemy has control of media. It has control a lot because enemy has is is fair game here in this world. This is his this is his domain. So he's going to do the best he knows how and use every avenue he can to fill you full of lies, disappointments, and and fear. So if we just stay in the word. And I, please understand, I'm not a guy that says, okay, sit back and let God do it. No, we're, we're his soldiers. We're supposed to go forward. I've got mm. a new record called Go, and it basically says, go do what you're supposed to do. Does that mean, does that mean you know, go sporadic and just go out and do something? Mm. No, it means sometimes you have to sit back, listen, mm-hmm. and be guided, but be a, an aggressive mover. Be the soldier you're supposed to be. Mm. Amen to that. Spoken like a like a true pastor, <laughs> Pastor John. Oh, it's, it's, oh, I would never claim that. <laughs> I could never carry the responsibility of a pastor. Oh my gosh! You know what? It's it's funny looking back, watching you guys on stage. Like I saw you guys at Jesus Northwest, the oh, Clark yeah. County Fairgrounds. Oh yes. When I was a kid, I, it was yeah. the same weekend I saw DC Talk. Uh huh. Um, that's I think that's one thing that it has always impressed me about you every time i've seen you guys you know was just your pastor's heart and your minister's heart and i i love like you're you it's obvious that you just love people and you you love the word and you love god and and not only does it does the music speak but when you when you infuse your testimony and your shepherd's heart and your daddy's heart with what you do on stage, man, it's just it just comes alive and it ignites such a fire and it ignited a fire in me. Praise God! I'm I'm so glad that you see that 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 is so cool. Well, God's got plans as as obvious as it is. Yeah. God's got fantastic plans for you also, which is obvious. I mean that I praise God that you see that. Mm. Some refuse to, and, and I, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying, praise God that you saw that, that God allowed you to see that and mm. and use that moment that way. That's so cool. Yeah. Revelation 12 says they defeated him. The, the, the Hebrew says they defeated the dragon. They defeated him by the blood of the lamb mm-hmm. and by the power of their testimony. Revelation 12, 11. Thank you for sharing your testimony oh, today, sir. Absolutely, my friend. Thank you for allowing me to. I love you. Love you to you. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. Thanks for spending time with me today. Please subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode. To go deeper on today's conversation, click on the show notes below. And if you want to stay connected with me, be sure to visit ryanstevensonmusic.com. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm.
Strong.